Welcome to episode 56 of the RXP Podcast, where three working professionals talk about the games, movies, and TV shows that they love to enjoy in their free time. I'm your host for today's episode, Alex, and joining me, as usual, are my co-hosts, Matt. What's going on? And Tiffany. Heyo! And for today's episode, it's going to be a follow-up to last week's episode, where we talked about our top six games of 2021. For this, we're going to be talking about our top six experiences of 2021. And to give a little bit more definition to that, I would say that for us here at RxP, experiences is essentially anything that we've experienced in 2021 besides the games we played. So as broad or as narrow as that may be, who knows? I have no idea what my co-hosts are bringing to the table today. But similar to last week's episode, we're going to be going from our number six experience up to our number one experience in order in a round-robin fashion. And to start things off, oh wait, Tiffany has a comment to make. I do. So I just want the audience to know that last year we had all this combined into one top six experience, which included games, TV shows, movies, everything, the whole shebang. You should give that a listen for our top 2020 experiences. But these fools were like, yo, I played so many games this year. We need, I, it's, I can't, don't contain me to six. <laughs> so then they're like, let's do 12. And I'm like, what? And now here we are. Yeah, for reference, that episode is episode number 14. So go check that out on podcast services available to you. And in case you missed it at the end of last week's episode, I'll just announce it again here. We're now on YouTube. So in case you've been listening to us on podcast services around the globe and you'd rather listen to us on YouTube, go check us out. The YouTube channel is RXP Space Podcast. And from last week's episode onward, we're going to be uploading every uh, episode each week to the YouTube channel. And we're going to try and do a backlog of maybe our peer review episodes. And if there is demand, let us know in the comments of this video or any of the videos slash also write into rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us rxp underscore podcast and let us know if you want us to also upload our back catalog of prior episodes of youtube as well and we will try to do so so with that with housekeeping out of the way here's my number six experience of 2021 and that is improved tsa baggage scanners and hear me out (laughs) co-hosts whoa (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna explain this because it might sound weird but recently i traveled to visit family and the air I flew through to visit family actually had a policy where, you know, as normal, right, you would think when you go through the uh, security checkpoint at the airport, you're required to, you know, take off your shoes, take off your belt, you know, over Mm. like extra layers of clothing. But most importantly, you're required normally to take out any electronics from your carry on luggage that's bigger than a cell phone and place it into the little trays as it goes through the scanner. Well, for when I traveled through the airport, I didn't have to do any of that. They told me, keep everything in your bags. I mean, I still had to take off my belt and shoes and whatnot, but all electronics could stay inside of your bag. You did not need to take those out. And what I can only assume is because we're finally here. The technology is here, folks. They can scan our bags without having us take out those laptops or game consoles. And for that... 
I have to say is such an amazing thing. And thank God we're finally, we have the technology. See, that yeah. does actually sound super life-changing. Like all of the stuff on my list pales in comparison to that. That's true. Mine's definitely not as serious as that. Do you remember when they wanted us to take out any like snacks and put it in, on the belt, like in their own little buggy or yes. basket? Yeah. I sw- sometimes they may still make me do that. Depending really? on where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. And I'm, yeah, they haven't done I'm that in a long time. literally like, these almonds aren't going to hurt nobody. Oh, oh no, the nut allergies are deadly. Yeah, okay. Listen, hold That's on. True. I was I was retracting my statement as <laughs> I was spinning. Watch out, it. folks. If you're on a flight with Tiffany, you might get attacked by nuts. So this one time, it was like it had to have been 10, 15 years ago. I was on a flight or trying to get through security, and they're like, all snacks out of your bag in their own thing. Well, I didn't put all my snacks in one Ziploc baggie. Like I had like a billion individually wrapped snacks. <laughs> so I had like all these individually wrapped candies. And so there was probably like 30 or 40 individually wrapped candies in this one basket. And I just look at the guy and I'm like, sorry, <laughs> this is going to hold up things. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Were you like, like grabbing them out of all these different pockets or something? No, no, it was in my backpack, and they're like, you need to bring all your food out. And so I had to put it in its own basket. And then everyone's looking at me like, how many candies is this kid going to eat in one, like, three-hour flight? But, like, that's not the point. Like, you buy, you know, 100 count. You're not just going to bring 10 or 20. You're just going to bring the whole thing. Anyway, since then, I He's bringing 30. Yeah, like, this is confusing. I'm confused. You know, I've, I've now gotten better about this and even though they don't ask me to do that i definitely put in its own ziploc bag just in case yeah so my thing is is that you literally had 30 individually wrapped candies just loose in your bag yeah that's loose that's too much i cannot because what like Um, listen they're not loose they're technically in my bag but then when I, they said you needed no, to bring him no, out, I'm like, no, this is no. madness. This is no, madness. you're madness. You're this an agent is probably, of chaos. Listen, I'm just telling you, they no longer ask me to bring out candy. And it might be because of people like me. They're like, this is, we have not found a bomb in anybody's candy. Let's just keep it in your bags, everybody. I don't know. Maybe. This is how change happens. So, yeah, your bag was the bag. The bag. Was your candy yeah. bag. Oh, the so candy bag. Know. Yeah. Wow. Can I just talk about my number six? Yeah, I honestly didn't expect my number six to have such a response, but it was a good conversation. (laughs) I mean, how could it not when it's literally out of left field? Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. I was not expecting that at all. Okay, anyway, so my number six is Witcher Season 2. Ooh, nice. So I don't think either of you have started Witcher. Nope. Season two, I binged it. It was a great time. Um, I've never played the games nor read the books to completion. I started the first one like maybe 20, 30. I did. And then I just never finished it. Okay. So anyway, so I liked my time with The Witcher. I liked seeing a lot more of Geralt, Ciri, and Yennefer. And it was just a good time. I do know that there were some changes that apparently 
um, some fanboys and fangirls were not that excited about. But since I didn't really know the source material mm-hmm. that well, I still enjoyed it. There were things that I wasn't completely on board with, but that will. This is a spoiler-free situation, so I'm just not going to okay. talk about that. Uh, but yeah, my number six is Witcher season two, and I think both of you should get to it soon. Well, I have some questions because one, I just need the world to know about the Christmas gift that I got from Tiffany. <laughs> Why are you airing dirty laundry right now? <laughs> so, a long, long time ago, a very long, long time ago, maybe when Witcher season one um, came out, fall of twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. So okay, decades so ago, just just over a year. And maybe that's not as bad. I linted the books because I, I'm I'm definitely linted, linted, lent, lent. Okay. You know, either way, we've heard it all three ways. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I lent the books to Tiffany. Two um, books. Two books. Two books. Two books. And didn't really think anything of it. And then. When I was opening these nicely wrapped gifts, I opened them up, and <laughs> there they were. Um, not not used very much, which is great. <laughs> um, she takes care of them, though, so that's... It's I not do! Like I don't like, manhandle things that I borrow, sir! No, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't saying that. Um, but I am excited to watch Witcher Season 2. Do you think that it is easier to follow than Witcher Season 1? Because I feel like a majority of people that talked about Witcher Season 1, especially people who aren't familiar with the books or the game, kind of were shell-shocked a little bit because they went past, present, future, past, future. You know, they went all over the place timeline-wise. Was it easier to follow this season? Yes. It was very much easier. Did you like this season better than the first season? That's hard, but okay. <laughs> that's hard. Okay. Because one of my favorite characters is is not Yasker, in it, and it he wasn't in it as much as season one. But gotcha. I love that Siri and Geralt were together for majority of the show compared to season one. You know what I mean? Like, season one, they were together for five seconds. So, seeing those two together, I very much adored. Mm. It was cute. Okay. I have a question. Does Henry Cavill, as Geralt, remain S-tier throughout season two as he was in season one? Yes, he does, in my humble opinion. Okay, that's all I need to know. I really like that he... People like talked about him on set as kind of like being an encyclopedia with the books. Like people were talking about like how people should act. And he's like, well, actually, if you look in the Sword of Destiny, chapter four, this character kind of acted this way. Like, I I love that about him. Like, I like that he's just a just a fan, unabashed fan. fan of the series. So one of the other interesting things with watching Witcher season two though, is that I got a whole lot of other Witcher things recommended to me on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So I have yet to watch some of the animated shows or like animated movies. There's a lot more content um, on Netflix in the Witcher universe. than I actually realized, so I'm going to have to catch up on that, but yeah, 
Number six, I recommend it if you, you know, it's also like eight episodes, I think. Eight to ten, probably eight. So it's actually kind of a a relatively quick watch. Mm -hmm. I recommend it. So my number six is basically the reason why I have not watched Witcher Season 2. It was because I was watching the series finale of Money Heist. So this is what I would call my best old show of 2021, which is coming in as number six for me. Money Heist was my number one experience of 2020. Sorry, yeah, 2020. Um, it was... I, sorry, I struggled with that. I was like, what year is it? Um, it was fantastic. Came out of nowhere. International show set in Spain. It is just fantastic cast. And honestly... The reason why I put it on my list is because this is a show that meant so much to me over the past, basically, pandemic. Like, it was my first pandemic show. And while we're still in this pandemic, this series has become and gone away. And and to me, I was really worried that they were not going to land well. Like, I thought it was just going to crash and burn at the end. It was not going to feel right. Like, it was just going to be rushed and put together kind of improperly and honestly like it it met all of my expectations which were really high like it it's five seasons long now and I would say every season hits so well and while people are just like screaming to the rooftops that they should bring a season six they've already said nope five seasons was what we wanted to do and five seasons is what we're getting they're gonna have spinoff series for some of the characters that kind of weren't around long enough to stick around for all five seasons which i think is great so we'll have things in the universe but for me it like almost brings like a a weird point of like do we put too much pressure on these series like these series that hit so high and then at the end we're kind of like is it going to be like game of thrones is the last season just going to absolutely tank and just kind of like ruin the series from the beginning like oh yeah you should watch game of thrones but you should watch game of thrones season one through six i was really worried it was gonna it was gonna happen for money heist but honestly it hit and it it was emotional and i actually finished it uh last night and it was just beautiful all the way through you know awesome yeah it's great to hear that it seemed like they were very against extending it. You know, as you said, that they planned for five seasons and they ended at five seasons. And I think with that, you know, premeditated design in mind that they're setting out to tell a story across five seasons, that that's probably better for them to say, hey, we're, we reached our goal and there's no point in extending this further. And I think that, as you said, it's, it seemed to wrap the, the series well, at least, you know, TV wise. And so that's great to hear. I have been meaning to watch it, but I'm also a stickler Mm -hmm. of watching it in its original language. Mm -hmm. And so because it requires me to concentrate and to like read the subtitles, because my Spanish is pretty mediocre, like below average, Mm -hmm. I've just been a little bit hesitant to start it. But now that I know that it's done, that sounds like a wonderful like spring break situation. Yeah, like a week I off would, I would urge everyone, that. if you're interested in it, watch it this year, because in a, a little bit over a year's time, that's when the first spinoff series is supposed to happen. 
Um, and it's honestly one of my favorite characters, and I, I cannot wait. So definitely give it a watch. It's great. All right. Moving on to my number five. And this might also might come as a shock. It's not as shock as my number six, but my number five is F9. What? And for those okay. for those of you that don't know, F9 as in Fast and Furious 9. And so let me explain my pick here, though, and why it's my number five. Don't get me wrong. The movie on a scale of one to ten is like a six. It's not a great movie. But the reason it's my number five is that, you know, coming from watching this uh, the movie since, you know, Fast, The Fast and The Furious, right? The very first movie that came out, I think it was like 2002 or something like that all those years ago. And me really loving at least the first three. So The Fast and Furious, Too Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Amazing movies. I really liked the series when it was more focused on the racing as the original first three were, as opposed to the shift to kind of more heist-like movies that they did when starting with uh, Fast 4, or Fast and Furious 4, excuse me. Or is it Furious 4? I don't even remember the names of the titles because they play around with the words a lot. Uh, But the reason it's my number five is because I think they, with the projected slash announcement that the next two movies are the final two movies in the franchise so f10 will be uh split into two parts it'll be f10 part one f10 part two uh i think f9 does a really good job in at least bringing back all the characters that are going to matter uh from the franchise and making you remember hey these are the people that have appeared in all the movies that are going to be relevant to the i guess like final encounter let's say and it's basically just a very good summary to say if you skipped four through eight, which maybe a lot of you have, maybe you have, maybe you only watched the first movie back in you know early two thousands. I think this is basically a nice shortcut to say this is every character you're going to need to care about for the last two movies. And so I'd say if you didn't watch any of the other ones, you don't need to watch F nine. Get the shortcut. I mean, the movie's bad. It's a don't watch it for it being a good movie. <laughs> But if you want to watch it to at least know who all the characters are and also all the actors, right? It's got such a huge cast of characters mm-hmm. and a, most of them return, you know, albeit, you know, leaving out Gal Gadot's character. Uh, but basically everyone else like makes an appearance again. And so I'd say watch it just to see those characters. If you have any remote interest in F10 part one and two, which comes out, I think in 2023 and 2024, and yeah, it's just a nice dumb time because I mean, how, and honestly, how much more dumb can it get? Because in F9, they literally have a car in space. So you're saying nice. they, they've literally put cars everywhere, put cars in skyscrapers, put cars on trains, put cars on jets, put cars in space. Where else can they go? And it's going to culminate. Have they got in into F10. the ocean? I think so. I don't remember, but I feel like the ocean's also kind of like a James Bond thing. So I don't okay. know if that would be any like unique aspect because a lot of Bond cars are able to, to go underwater. So I'm not sure if that's super interesting. But hey, who knows, right? Because the, all they say is it's about family. So I mean, is, is this going to be like intergalactic travel as a family? Is that where we're going? To Infinity and beyond? You know? Yeah. Who knows? So um, My question for you is... Like, The Rock is not coming, right, in F10? I'm not sure, like because I, I know there's... something recently. Not. 
Yeah, there's recent accounts to say he's at odds with Vin Diesel, and it seems like he's not interested. Uh, I don't know if it's on a, I guess, value standpoint that Mm -hmm. no amount of money would get him to come back, but I feel like if they threw a fat check at him, maybe he would come back, but I haven't looked into it to know. But personally, I don't really feel like he needs to come back because his character didn't appear till I think it was the seventh movie anyway. So despite him being as part of the franchise, he's not part of like the original core of characters. So I don't think it's super necessary, but it would be nice if he did come back. That rivalry is hilarious because um, when Vin Diesel posted that picture to try to get the rock to come back or, or like there was some picture he posted, he Photoshopped himself to be bigger than he actually was just so that he didn't look as small compared to the rock. Like, those two together like it's something is so strange about that like these two gigantic men like having this big ego battle it's hilarious i mean i also don't think that he needs like quote unquote a big fat check because the rock has been hustling hardcore and he has a lot of businesses and he's been in a lot of decent movies recently like so that's why he's probably like not gonna sully himself with fast and furious especially with his so-called beef see what they do they get kevin hart they give kevin hart a fat check and then kevin hart brings the rock because like those two are like bound to the hip so you get kevin hart and then you get the rock they're hilarious (laughs) but something a little bit more serious is my number five which is the Apple TV show called Foundation. Now, I have a brief six months of Apple TV. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankful, I'm thankful to the PlayStation ecosystem, I guess, because they were giving out six months of Apple TV to people with PlayStation 5s. So I ended up diving in to this sci-fi show called Foundation. It's based off a series of science fiction novels written by Isaac Asimov, who also wrote the book basis for the movie I, Robot, mm. and his, like, Three Laws of robo- Robotics or whatever. So I need you guys to buckle in, because I didn't really expand much on The Witcher, because I feel like The Witcher is very, like, popular, like, uh-huh. as a franchise, but Foundation is very niche, I feel like, especially because I haven't really seen a lot of people... Or even heard a lot of people say that they have an Apple TV subscription. But the Foundation show has Lee Pace and Gerald Harris in it as two of the main characters. Gerald Harris was also in Chernobyl, um, if you are unfamiliar with his work. But anyway, and Lee Pace was in um, The Hobbit movies and Pushing Daisies, which is an oldie but goodie. But anyway... So this show takes place like almost 10,000 years in the future of our like human existence. And we have created and used galactic travel. And so we can travel all over space. We've come in contact with a lot of different planets. We've met aliens, yada, yada. There's a new like civilization. There's a new like there are new religious orders. Um, there's new ways of life anyway. So around 400 years ago at the time that this takes place, 
an emperor of the Galactic Empire decided to start the genetic dynasty in which he literally clones himself. And so he will for he's been ruling for like over 400 years. And the council of the rulers of this Galactic Empire are three clones of this original emperor. So at all times, there is a brother Dawn, which is the youngest one, brother Day, who is like the acting emperor, and brother Dusk, who is like the one that's semi-retired. And brother Day is the, the actual emperor. And so you see like... You see Brother Day as a child growing into Brother... Did I say Brother Day? Brother Dawn. You see Brother Dawn as a child growing into Brother Day. And then Brother Day gets older, turning into Brother Dusk. And they end up, like, retiring or, like, basically killing Brother Dusk when he gets way too old. And so, like, you have this cycle, right? That's why they have all these names. Anyway, Mm. there's a statistician that essentially says that the Dark Ages are coming... And humanity and civilization as we know it will go will be demolished and destroyed. However, he has a theory that can prevent the Dark Ages from like 30,000 years to only 300 years as long as they build the foundation. And the foundation is knowledge and information and all this stuff to help humanity like basically start over okay this show is like 10 episodes it's really good like the space travels fascinating the world building is fascinating the whole genetic dynasty is so strange but so fascinating like the at one point one of the plot points with the clones because you end up seeing one of the like 13 clone turned into 14 or whatever right like emperor 13 14 and one of the clones is like am i really the same person as someone else am i not my own person there's even talk about a soul like does a clone have a soul Hmm. if you're a clone like it's and just the sci-fi and the spaceships and the interplanetary travel it is so interesting and that's why this is my number five foundation on apple tv is the show more focused around like the philosophy of like identity or is there like any sort of conflict? Like are people against building the foundation? Yes. So basically the act of the foundation is almost like, or the thought of it. There are people that are like pro, like we need to build the foundation. We need to help humanity. And then you have the emperor who's like, this is not real. How can he predict the end of humankind? you know, with math, mm-hmm. right? So the the Galactic Emperor is is trying to kibosh it. And then you have another mathematician who's this young girl who's like, I guess you expect her to be like 17, 18 or something. She essentially confirms his math. And that's really, where the drama the happens. Theory. Yes. Okay. Yes. Or like vouches for it. Vouches for the math saying yes. The civilization's coming to an end, like our time, and we can prevent a long dark age if we do build the foundation. And that's the whole premise of it. 
And there's actually intersecting like three different storylines because it's like these statisticians, the emperor and like something else that I'm not going to say. But yes. Did you say that this was a limited series or is this just first series of who knows how much? So un- what well, it was confirmed for season two, which I'm eagerly, eagerly anticipating. And to be honest, I will if I have to, I will pay for like a month of Apple TV after, so Apple TV does this thing where it releases the shows weekly, which is so offensive to me because I'm, you know, audience, mm-hmm. I'm a binger. So mm-hmm. if I have to, when season two finishes airing, I will like pay for a month of Apple TV just to watch. I'm like that fascinated by the whole concept mm-hmm. of the show. Is that the only show on Apple TV that you're willing to do that for? Yeah, I mean, like, you hear my hesitation, right? I started this yeah. one show on Apple TV. Oh, wait. Yeah, I tried Mythic Quest, which I haven't finished okay. yet. But, like, that's... It's funny. It's just there's a lot of yelling. Mm. But it's really comical of the games industry. And then um, I tried watching C, which has um, that actor who played Cal Drogo and Aquaman. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. the, every the world's gone blind. Everyone's blind, and it's called oh. the show is called C, and it's oh. like it's also in our universe, like in our human civilization, and humans have come to adapt to be blind. Everyone's blind. They've adapted to be blind, and now the concept of sight is considered sacrilegious. However, there appears to be some people being born with the ability to see. And there's drama, and they're called witches. They're like you're, you know what I mean. Like, did you like you that s- that show? So I into it. I watched. It sounds watch like it's not or made or top six. I don't. It's know not how made. You're right, Matt. Is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One last question. We can take this off. When's the PS5 uh, deal end for Apple TV? Has there you have ended? one year? I think we have until the summer to re- to like turn on the sub. Okay, because I need so to do you, that. You, Matt, foundation. I'll watch the foundation. You, you've sold me. You've sold like, me. I'll tell you. Do you like space? Oh, yeah. Do oh, I? okay. Do, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I was very into space in the last, like, five months. So, I mean, I'm still yeah. into space now, but yeah. Space show. Great space show. You know, it usually goes with space, time. And you know what time I loved this year? Which was watching Loki, my favorite MCU show yeah. of the year, who dealt oh, all dang. with time all throughout, yeah. and really began this whole multiverse of madness, I guess you could say. Um, I am very bold in saying that it, it's definitely my favorite MCU show of the year. It like this 2021 was the year of MCU shows. We had everything: WandaVision, Loki. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the most recent one we had was Hawkeye. And honestly, it all kind of paled in comparison to the highs of Loki that just was so consistent throughout the entire season. Um, I think that Hawkeye was really, really promising, maybe fell off towards the end. And I, I didn't feel that with Loki. I think Loki was the, I would say, the only finale of an MCU show that I thought lived up to the the episodes that happened right before it. Like I, I thought that uh, Loki as a character was someone that I was so heartbroken when he died. 
when he died died yeah i was like that is just a waste of a beautiful character and i'm so excited that they brought him back uh i i think this is really exciting for me because i think season two it had already been announced at the end. It was like the mid or after credit scene of the finale saying that it's coming back for season two. Could not be happier. Could not be happier. I think this is a fantastic story. And I think it has brought in a villain that is going to be the next Thanos. And so no matter what, at the end of phase four or phase five, whenever he becomes the big, big bad like Thanos was, we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah. I forgot he started in in a Disney Plus show. Like, who else could really say that? So for me, Loki takes the cake for my best MCU show and my number five on the list. Love it. In love with it. I agree with you, Matt. Yeah, that I think what made it so great, because I enjoyed it a lot too. Spoilers, it's not in my top six. But (laughs) the fact that it had such great like grand stakes and how it plays into the bigger universe as a whole I think puts it kind of in that tier above the rest of the MCU shows this year not to say that those shows didn't have important storylines to explore but there seems to be a lot more building within Loki that obviously things like uh, maybe something else that appears on my list you know delves into a little bit and also just kind of builds for the MCU as a whole to say hey it's not necessarily cinematic because it's not in the cinemas, but these shows on Disney Plus do contribute to the storytelling as a whole, and it would be better if you, you know, experience them because that'll help your knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Loki, great stuff, great stuff. All right, moving on to my number four. I don't know how much you guys will have to say about this because because it's not a it's a song. But not to say this is my favorite song of 2021 even, but it's one of my favorite songs. And, you know, similar to last year, I shouted them out, but it's my it's a song from my uh, favorite Korean pop group, and that is Dreamcatcher. And the song is Because. And so this song released in August of last year. And, you know, for those of you that don't know, obviously summertime, August, it gets hot, especially in Korea. You know, it gets very hot and humid in Korea. And kind of one of the hallmarks of Korean culture is that typically during the summer months, uh, Korean media usually releases what they basically consider uh, like spooky specials or like horror specials. And that is to fall in line with the idea that to say, hey, you know, when it's hot outside, what helps you cool down? You know, that cold shiver down your spine. And so with that in mind, uh, because by Dreamcatcher has that flair to it in that it's not necessarily a horror song, but it has spooky elements to it. And, you know, it's, but it stays with their kind of rock electronic vibe. So this is similar to their other title releases, but it has that, I guess, haunting sound, a lot of haunting imagery in the music video itself. And I think, you know, it's just a great song, right? I love Dreamcatcher. I love most of the music they put out, but especially with this, this is the first time they've done something kind of in line with this idea to say, hey, let's also contribute something to help people cool off during the hot summer months. So I really enjoy it. And also it's the fact that it is one of the few songs that have stayed with me throughout the whole year. Because, right, you know, we all listen to music. I listen to music a lot, you know, working out, 
while I'm working just on in the background. And the fact that this is one of those few songs that I've actually remembered that, Hey, this came out last year that I think it speaks to say that it's, it's a good song, at least in my opinion. Okay, cool. I knew you'd pull a song out here. I don't have any songs in my list, but I I like it. I listen just like as you're talking, just like on the side. I like like the the undertones of it, like the like just like the almost like staccato part of it. Um, The video, with even without the music, is very entertaining. Like it reminds me of like back to like the '90s of like Backstreet Boys would like have almost like this this gothic look of like them just dressing up for Halloween in some of their music videos. And it like had nothing to do with Halloween. So it's kind of like a extraordinaire type flair to it. And that music video was shot in a abandoned theme park in Korea. And so that that also adds to the like kind of spooky vibes as well, just with the the setting and, you know, itself. I'm going to have to give that a listen a little bit later. I didn't know if I could give it my full attention right now because I was just really excited to talk about my number three, which is, or rather my number four. Sorry, I should, shouldn't skip ahead. I am excited for both. My number four is the Netflix original show Arcane, which is a League of Legends story. Cool. Um, it has, it takes place in the cities of Zaun and Piltover. And honestly, I just really enjoyed my time there. I really recommend this to those even who aren't familiar with League of Legends because it was a compact story. It was a tight story. It had bonds. It had sisters. It had friendships. It had family. And it was a nine, a three-part, three-episode each series. So nine episodes total. And each of them kind of watched like their own movie. And I'm so excited that a season two was announced because I really want to know more of what's going to happen with some of these characters. Um, I think fans of the game would also enjoy a lot of things. You can actually listen to our peer review episode of Arcane where Alex and I talk about our thoughts and feelings about the show. Um, Alex and I have been longtime League of Legends fans. And so this had to make my list because I have been recommending it to everybody since I've watched it. Great show. I, I started the first episode and I started at home. It's like one of those things where at home and your mom, like my mom would just like comes in and just like, Hey, did I tell you about so-and-so up the street? Like she would just like come in and like keep coming in. I was like, I can't focus on this show right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to like, do some other time. Um, so maybe now that the holidays are over, maybe I'll give it a go. All right. My number four is a show as well. Coming from Amazon Prime Video. How many times does that happen? Am I right? Um, I mean, pretty actually, frequently. Actually, the boys. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. You know, I stand corrected. Um, but <laughs> this is Invincible. Uh, this is a show. This is an animated show, actually. Was it that this is, year or it was last this year? year? It was or this last year. year? Yeah, twenty twenty one. Um, so it was written by Robert Kirkman. This is actually from his comics. So Robert Kirkman, who's known for writing The Walking Dead and being a producer on the show, 
Uh, he also made another comic book line called Invincible, which is based on a young boy who is basically son of an like an alien race superhero guy. Um, and he inherits his powers and it's kind of like a coming of age story. It definitely has similar tropes to a lot of DC comics. There are people that look just like some other DC comic uh, heroes. Like, oh, you see this person? That kind of looks like Aquaman, or this person kind of looks like Batman. Uh, it is funny to see kind of their interpretation of heroes just in general, because it does take a good look at what it means to be a hero in an otherwise normal world. Like, what that means. Does it, like, what does it mean to have collateral damage? And I think uh, it's just a really cool story. Uh, season one came, and honestly, if you want a shock value, I was even talking about it today. Uh, I was uh, playing some Dead by Daylight after work today and was talking to Yasser. And I was telling him about Invincible because I was just like thinking about last year. And he's like, I never saw, you know, like, what is it? I was like, if you want a shock value, Watch the first episode, probably the one, one of the most shocking episodes I've ever seen in my entire life, more shocking than anything else I've seen this year, and uh, it's it's just great, it's really good. I think some of the, the problems that people have is like the animation not completely being the greatest, it's just because Amazon wasn't willing to give them enough funding, but they've already funded them for two more seasons, so I picture that season two is going to be pretty excellent it hasn't started any recording but uh you know hopefully that comes at some point i don't know if they haven't started now i, I feel like it's it's due for 2024 at this point but we'll see when it comes out i'm excited i bought the comics haven't uh read through them it's a finished series so everything is already out there uh, but i'm excited to read it and then eventually see it but really good if you guys haven't finished it I don't, have you guys started it I started it, but I haven't finished it. Okay. Yeah. With the announcement of more seasons coming, I think I'm interested in getting through it once it's like kind of more out there, like yeah. more episodes are out. Because I've realized, especially when it comes to shows that kind of have that shocking first season in terms of like really big hype buildup to say, oh, this is really good, right? Like now a lot of people had expectations going into it that I'm, it, it puts it on the backlog, right? Because like I've mentioned in other episodes, you know, when people have that initial hype, I keep an eye on it. And it really, if it stands the test of time and a few years out, right? Like who knows whenever seasons two and three come out, if people are still saying, hey, this is a great show, then I think that'll probably be the time in where I just binge through all three seasons at once. But definitely I'm keeping one eye on this. You know the old style of Teen Titans? Like the the original oh, the, the version original the, teen titans yeah yeah the only one i've watched i don't know what this exactly. is teen titans like go or something teen titans or, go yeah we don't talk yeah, about no, that not not that it it almost is like an adult version of that teen Titans show like it which is one of my best compliments i could give to it because that was one of my favorite shows growing up so if you're a fan of that growing up you should totally give it a try because it'll it'll be your jam sounds good all right, moving on to the top half of our top six. So starting with my number three. And, you know, for the record, right, 
this is a spoiler-free episode. You know, the things that we mention here, we're not going to be spoiling anything, so don't worry about that. We don't need to supply a spoiler warning or what have you. But my number three is Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is clocking in at my number three in a similar vein because I think it's, at least to me, conceptually similar to how F9 is to that that franchise. And that Spider-Man No Way Home is very much about kind of closing a lot of loops and kind of giving you closure to a lot of things and kind of saying this is what it means for all these previous things that have happened and what it all culminates in. And I think the fact that uh, it does such a great job in doing that, you know, presenting the imagery, presenting such good dialogue, character relationships, like at its like peak rate of being strained and tested, I think is such they, they did such a good job. And also the fact that, right, this is Sony Pictures, Columbia, uh, you know, in partnership with Marvel. So this is kind of Sony managing the side, but also them still doing a great job, right? Despite this not being a, I guess, 100% Marvel production. I think there's a lot to respect here. And the fact that it really seems like, you know, Tom Holland has done such a great job in like making his own version of Spider-Man and kind of showing that on screen compared to, you know, the other versions we've got uh cinematically at least and even you know via other mediums right such as the animated shows or the games and i think with that you know he's done a good job in 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 in, i guess making his his spider-man his own and also just being i guess you know in general a good actor and so definitely it it holds number three much much better movie than f9 comparatively you know if like i said f9 is like a you know six at best more like a four or five Mm -hmm. but i'd probably give spider-man no way home at least like an eight and a half ten ten out of ten no i don't know about that i don't know about that but definitely it's a it's a good time it is my top marvel movie of this year that came out of the four that came out Mm -hmm. in 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home was excellent. An excellent movie. I love it to mm-hmm. bits. I've seen it twice in the theater. The second viewing was not as good as the first in the sense that I sat next to Neanderthals who answered the phone and was on the phone constantly throughout the movie. It was an affront to cinema watching. But yeah. the movie was so good. I agree. It was my favorite MCU movie this year. And so I'm actually just going to jump over you, Tiffany, and just say that it's also my number three, um, just so that we have it all in the in the same place, because um, this movie did everything I wanted it to. It had a lot of hype connected to it, a lot of expectations, and it kind of goes back to what I said about Money Heist. Meeting expectations is probably one of the hardest things that you can do in any sort of media, and I think it just nailed it. I, I thought that it was powerful and emotional. I think that the character development that they have been working on for the past movies Crushed came it. to a came to a culmination and like honestly just showed the strength of Spider-Man as a character in the MCU. When you're next to like Robert Downey Jr. and you know um, everyone else really, like I I feel like he's Spider-Man's almost stepping into what Iron Man meant to the MCU. And I see Spider-Man now as kind of like taking the helm of Iron Man 
in the Avengers. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. I really enjoyed the ending that we won't discuss, but I think that it sets up this franchise to be one of one of my most ex- excited I'm I'm most excited about Spider-Man as a franchise after this movie as I was before. Uh I don't know where it falls as far as my Spider-Man movies, you know, between Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. I do think that it's better than Far From Home. I'm still on the fence if No Way Home is better than Homecoming, but for me, I just, I, the grand spectacle of this movie was far beyond anything else. Like, we're finally back in the theaters, and I felt like a pre-COVID mat sitting in that movie theater with people cheering, you know, I was actually, (laughs) I was in a group of five people, right? And we're sitting and people are clapping at the end of the movie. And I look around and none of us are clapping. I was like, I'm glad to see that we're all aligned (laughs) in this way. (laughs) But fantastic. It was my, it was my favorite movie experience of the year. So that's why it comes back at at number three. Um, And fun fact, 40% 40% of 2021 box office sales in the U.S. were from the MCU. And this was leading the charge. So, there you go. I can believe it. Um, I mean, I'm kind of still reeling from the fact that Matt just skipped over my number three. But here it is. My number three is a Disney Plus subscription. Everyone who doesn't have a Disney Plus subscription, go freaking get it now, okay? Like... All the MCU shows, all the MCU movies, there for the picking. Precious Baby Grogu. Like, the the subscription is where it's at. A lot of phone companies seem to just be giving it away for some reason, too. Like, you can get one year free. There's holiday deals. If you like Hulu, you can combine your subscription for an even lower cost. Come on. Get on the bandwagon and get a Disney Plus subscription. That is my number three just so that I could encompass all of the MCU in my number three. There you go. Uh, not sponsored by Disney, but I way. wish. I wish. It I was. wish I were sponsored by Disney Plus. Yeah, Get it? It's just from the sheer number of shows that we've Content. talked about. Like, look Content. at our peer reviews this past year. How many of them are from Disney Plus? Quite a few. So, it's pretty good. Uh, Hawkeye ended. And then Boba, Book of Boba started coming out. Like, they missed no time. Like, it was our Marvel Wednesdays turned into Star Wars Wednesdays. And, like, they are just not missing a beat. So, I agree. I, I didn't even think about that as <laughs> as something to shout out. But Disney Plus is definitely getting it. Especially for me, because I'm working through an MCU rewatch right now with someone who's never watched the MCU in order. And it's been invaluable. You have it all there. And especially if the Spider-Man movies show up at some point on Disney Plus, it's going to get even better. Yeah, 2021 was also a year where I got one of my friends who'd like seen three of the MC movies. I got her to watch WandaVision, and mm. then she started her own chronological rewatch. Nice. And like is es- essentially caught up. She even included Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in that, which is wild. Um, but yeah, $8 a month. Get yourself some Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to my number two pick, 
And my number two pick is my favorite song of the year. And I'm going to link this to my co-hosts so that if they want to take a gander, they can while I uh, go on and talk about it. But as that is the song Rain to Be by One We. And so, you know, first of all, this isn't a group I know a lot about. It's not a group that I really paid attention to before this song. But this is a song that came up, you know, in my recommended. It's a song that uh, just comes up, right, because it's Korean and it's of the pop nature. But Wonri is a band. So these are these aren't like, quote unquote, just idols. Like they actually play the instruments like in the music. And the reason this is my favorite song of the year of 2021 is that one, the music video itself is just a very memorable music video. A lot of interesting imagery in that there's a lot of water involved while they're playing instruments. Obviously I know the instruments are probably fake in this regard, but, or they're not powered uh, because you know, electronics and water don't mix well, but the music video is visually interesting. And also just the fact that, because it is a band and there are very few bands these days, there are Korean bands at least these days that really gain traction kind of in the wider uh, public sphere, you know, because you have typically you have things like uh, black pink, you know, penetrating to the West and also BTS coming to the West, but those are just idol groups that sing and dance. And the fact that one, we is actually, you know, performing the instruments makes it such a more interesting uh, performance to watch and the fact that I really like the song it's a nice mix of the actual instrumental but also very surprisingly good vocals and it's just something that you know it came out even earlier in the year I think it came out around March or April some around that time frame so this is a song I've been listening to for a while but it's also another song that's really kept with me throughout the whole year and yeah it's just a good time you know it's something that also not to say it speaks to me on a meaningful level because I don't necessarily uh, listen to songs for the lyrics, but I think it's just a nice song to listen to and for whatever mood you're in, into. And yeah, I think it's just a, a nice listen. This song is more mellow than I would ever imagine for you to enjoy this much for it to yeah. be your number two. That's wild, but it is very pretty. I like it. I'm, I'm gonna be very videos. Like they're so entertaining. Yeah, they're outside of a a box, usually a box of light where they just dance. Now they're like outside in public, but now my they're number inside of a box under the ground because they're in a pool. In a pool, yeah. <laughs> um, my number two is Spider Man No Way Home. So we can move on. Anything Go watch else to it. Add? I already talked. I raved about it. You're right. restricting me to a spoiler-free gush it's fest. true. That's near impossible. I've said what I could say. I'm actually surprised that we were able to talk as much as we did without spoiling anything. Um, but spoilers are everywhere. So, honestly, if anyone's listening to this podcast, they've probably already been spoiled. Which is, like, the biggest reason why I watched it as soon as it came out. Because I was like, my friends aren't going to keep quiet. They're not. I know them too well. They're going to be posting something. Yeah. I would have ca- I would have called out sick if I somehow... No, I'm just kidding. I made sure I had vacation time. Like, I don't mm. play games. Are you kidding me? May 6th? I'm not working. I'm now, the, isu- the <laughs> issue is with that is that I need to make sure that I'm also not working on May 5th. So that's just going to be a personal situation for me. But I'll figure it out. Mm. 
Fair enough. Well, my last TV show on my list, which is actually pretty TV show heavy, looking back at it, uh, but this is something that we've already done a peer review on. Um, Gerald joined me to talk about my favorite TV show of the year, which was Squid Game. This uh, definitely took the world by storm. It was basically the, the, the best example of a zeitgeist of this year for me. Uh, this show was entertaining and made me think and just the amount of content that came around it, people speculating what could be happening next and just like people making Roblox tournaments about that were based on Squid Game. Like the amount of hype that went around this and the memes were everywhere. Uh, this show, in my mind, 2021, this was the show that took 2021, in my opinion. I, I think that it did a fantastic job of being Netflix's number one show until Arcane came around. Uh, but, you know, like, I think those beautiful two weeks that it was number one, uh, it was it was great. And it was something where um, Gerald actually texted me yesterday that he was watching, um, is it Into the Borderlands or... Alice, Alice of Borderlands. Alice, of Alice Borderlands. in in the Borderlands. Al- okay, Alex, whatever yeah. you saw that show, what is it called? I think it's Alice in Borderland. Alice in Borderlands. Yes, he started that, and uh, he was asking like if I if I had gone into it because it's it's very similar pr- uh, premise. It's also a South Korean. Uh, uh, it's Japanese. Production. Oh, it's Japanese. Yeah, it's Japanese. Oh, excellent. So uh, it's not, uh, but you know, like <laughs> um, he really is enjoying it. Not as much as Squid Game, um, which is what I was worried about. But um, I might give that a try. But for me, I, I thought this this was a fantastic TV show, uh, one that I recommend to a lot of people. Um, right now, after the hype, it's kind of weird if you haven't seen it at this point. If you ever will. But if somehow you've been living under a rock and you're trying to catch up on what 2021 was about, uh, go watch Squid Game and see. And then go look at uh, some of the memes from six months ago and enjoy them. It's I guess so- I'm a part of that group because I still haven't seen it myself. I can't believe it. can't believe it. It's so wild to me how popular it got just because when I watched it, just was like another Korean thriller drama. And for this to be the one to get worldwide renown Mm -hmm. really surprised me. But part of it, I believe, is because um, they actually dubbed this show. And there's very few Korean dramas that have English dubbing. So that probably helped. But I was Mm -hmm. also like, oh, I wonder like what made them decide to dub this show and not some others. Um, but I did enjoy my time with it, and I do think it's worth a watch. Also, I think it's the theme of this show, right? Because it's a battle royale, and battle royales are hot stuff these days. You know, we have PUBG, Fortnite, Apex Legends, like that genre mm-hmm. is like stemming from stuff like the Hunger Games. You know, a decade ago now, right? Of people just liking, can you survive till the end, and like, what are these characters willing to do to like make to like make that happen. Mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, structurally it's interesting from that standpoint. 
Alex, you should definitely give it a watch because it is just, it delves so deep into kind of the human experience a little bit. Like I'm beyond be honest, just the games. It's so over good. Over the uh, winter holiday season, I did start the first episode and it was so sad to me that I stopped watching and I watched a different Korean drama. Yeah, and then he's okay. since watched three other Korean dramas that are more sad, if not as sad. No, they're as, not more sad. Not as many as people sad. die in those other Korean dramas, okay? It's as sad. I just sad. know that there's a lot of death in Squid Game, which makes me sad. But also, the very beginning, the first like 20 minutes of the first episode of Squid Game made me very sad. So it was kind of hard for me to watch hmm. it. But I will continue. Okay. I will, I, I will finish it one day. I make one that promise. One day. Maybe it'll make your 2022 list. Maybe. Yeah, here we are in 2022, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we got to get to our number ones. And unlike last week, I propose that we don't try a guessing game about what our number ones are because I feel like because experience is so broad that it could be anything. You know, you guys didn't see my number six coming. I didn't see Tiffany's number three coming. So... I think it's just too broad. So with that, I'm just going to say what my number one is. And it's something that has already been mentioned on the show previously. And that is Riot Games and Netflix's and Fortitia's production wow. of the show Arcane. Your number one. And this is my number one. And it's I'm going to keep this short because Tiffany talked about it. And I mentioned when she talked about it, I thought it was a great show. I think this is a great show on the basis that you do not need to know anything about League of Legends and you never need to play the game to, I think, even care about this show or to care about what's happening to need to know because I think the show does an amazing job in just being a good show in and of itself. And while if you do have knowledge of the game and its characters, there's a lot of references you might get and especially things you might be hypothesizing about for future seasons of the show, or at least one season, right? Because we know a season two is coming and that's great. But I think the fact that this is such a good show in and of itself, right? It it's establishes its characters. It goes through, you know, development for all of them and it kind of closes it maybe in a little bit open-ended way, you know, up to interpretation for how that is. Uh, not, no spoilers here, but I think, yeah. And that's a great thing because, not to say that I advise against people playing the game, but I would say League of Legends is a very hard to game to get into, especially now that the game has been out for almost 13 years. I think it went into beta in 2009. And so a lot of people that are playing this game have been playing it for a long time, like Tiffany and I. It's not necessarily new player friendly, but I think if you're interested in the world, Arcane just is the best bet to get into this and get started. I feel like I love the, the art show. of Arcane is second to none as far as animation goes this year. From the brief moment that I did watch of the first episode and then also when I was like playing around with the thumbnail, looking at some of the art online and I was like, dang, this is beautiful. Like this is really nice looking like it, I, I can't find an animation style that I like better from this year. And I, I barely experienced any of it. So um, I'm excited to watch it. And then I'll listen to your guys' peer review and uh, close the loop. The aesthetic is beautiful. And I love it. And the music, the show has pretty good music too. 
Shout out to Imagine Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like Imagine Dragons. I know some people like scoff at it, but I like them, okay? I kind of hate like that like people get into this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, it's cool to hate Nickelback. Or like, it's cool to like hate Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, people, Nicolas Cage way back in the day was fantastic. Have you ever seen Con Air, The Rock? Like, come on. National Treasure? Um, but I feel like Imagine Dragons is the newest, like, martyr on, like, the internet's list is like, yo, Imagine Dragons sucks. And it's like, I don't, I don't mind Imagine Dragons. Like, is it bad to like Imagine Dragons? I love Imagine Dragons. Also, Nicolas Cage voicing, like, Spider-Noir and in Into the Spider-Verse. Freaking masterpiece, okay? It was great. Okay. Yeah. I have no problem with Nick Cage. So, I think... I'm going to need everyone to kind of buckle their seatbelts because mine's been buckled since foundation. So, okay. So Matt and I are healthcare professionals. We're both inpatient pharmacists and my number one experience for 2021 and recommendation is to get the COVID vaccine. I started before we started recording. I was like, I think my number one's going to be comfort con. Con- controversial controversial <laughs> i was having a- <laughs> spell it out, spell it out. <laughs> i i was getting nervous i'm getting nervous right now <laughs> but so 2020 we're still in this pandemic this pandemic just keeps getting worse you know mm-hmm. we had the delta variant we have omicron variant now i think everyone if you care about your health and you care about your loved one's health should go get covid vaccines we have a lot of data now um, to even support getting booster shots. So I think the vaccine is the number one protection that you can have against the COVID-19 pneumonia. And if you get sick with COVID and you don't have the vaccine, everything that we use to treat you is still very theoretical. You know, we don't have long term. We have more long term data right now regarding the COVID vaccines than we do the treatments that we're using for COVID patients. So that's my soapbox. I'll get off it now. You can at me. Write on our Gmail. Tell me why you agree or disagree. But Leave a comment on YouTube. Leave a comment on YouTube. Please be civil. Please don't be rude. I only care about your health. Wouldn't Thank that you. be the first thing that people actually comment on our videos for? <laughs> it's about the COVID <laughs> vaccine. <laughs> you did it. I, no, I think it's, listen, I think it's a first- good soapbox to be on. I think like the first chance I got when I was eligible, healthcare professionals were eligible to get the COVID vaccine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I had questions. I'm not usually an early adopter with most things. I like to get the lay of the land. I like to see reviews before I get all up in there. You know what I mean? But I was mm-hmm. like, not. I don't play games with health. Give me that vaccine and I got it and I feel safe and I have yet to get COVID. Thank you. Good day. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I do think that some of the memes have been funny. It was like, leave it to COVID. Like, this is not the reason why I would ever want to learn the Greek alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not even going in order. Or at least, like, they're, it's like the ones that are getting big uh-huh. are coming out of order. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Go get vaccinated. It's definitely worth it. I agree. All right, my number one experience is not something on a screen, 
And so I put it as my number one experience because I finally was able to travel some this year in a place that I actually initially had planned to go to on March 2020. If you remember back to what you were doing in March 2020, you're probably starting to work from home because that's when the pandemic really happened on the East Coast. Uh, um, and it was a plan of mine to go with some of my old co-residents to the Grand Canyon. And I actually got to go this past fall. So I saw the Grand Canyon for the first time, went to Sedona, Arizona uh, with some friends, and it was a fantastic uh, experience. It was unlike anything else I've ever seen. Um, one, to just travel after all of us are inpatient pharmacists and we've all been working through the pandemic and, you know, we all, it's just been a, it's been a tough time just in general, but especially in healthcare, I feel like it's been a little bit tough and we were able to just relax. We were able to relax and we saw, uh, Antelope Canyon, which is probably the best thing I've ever done in my entire life was something that happened this year. If you haven't seen Antelope Canyon pictures of it, it is just beautiful. Um, and there's nothing like it. There, there's honestly nothing like it. Uh, if you have a chance to head out to Arizona, uh, really great hiking. We went on a ton of hikes in a very short five day trip, uh, but it was a ton of fun. And it was something where I'm a big, I, I really enjoy hiking. I enjoy being outside, um, do quite a bit of hiking here in my backyard uh, in Virginia with the uh, Appalachian Trail right on our doorstep. Um, but, you know, being out in Arizona, just seeing that terrain, so, so different. Um, really enjoyed it. Definitely my top experience of the year. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I'm also looking forward to the next time I've, I get to travel, not necessarily to the Grand Canyon like you, but you know, to, to some sort of uh, outdoor destination. I'm excited. But with that, I think that wraps our top six experiences of 2021. So if y'all out there listening or watching, you know, agreed or disagreed with some of the things we mentioned today, let us know, leave a comment down below or write into rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast. If you like the video, then like it. And if you like the videos and content we make, subscribe to the channel. And with that, shout out to Grandmaster Doug. (laughs) I was about to shout out Grandmaster Doug for providing the music for the show. Thank you. And with that, until next time, take care. Watch out, folks. If you're on a flight with Tiffany, you might get attacked by nuts. Content.